hundred years ago today, World War I finally came to an end. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in, in 1918, a ceasefire came into effect that formally ended a conflict that brought death and suffering to millions of people. It's impossible to be absolutely certain about the exact cost of this war, but it's estimated, and these figures just blow my mind, that something like 9 million soldiers were killed, and another 20 million were injured. And in addition, between 7 and 13 million civilians died as a direct result of that war. It was so catastrophic that people called it the war to end all wars. But of course, tragically, that was just not the case. The world was at war again barely two decades later. And conflict and violence continues in our world today. There's ongoing deadly conflict in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, the Yemen, Somalia. And then the threat of terrorism impacts all of our lives. Nearly every week there's, there's some kind of story of some kind of terrorism uh, uh, attack or a, a, another shooting, uh, mass shooting in, in, in the States again. And then even at home, even although we're not in the most dangerous country by any stretch of the imagination. Still, last year, there were 76 people murdered in Ireland. 76. And, on, and the statistics say that on average, one in every 18 people will be a victim of crime every single year. 100 years on from the war to end all wars. Well, we still live in a dangerous world. And yet, Psalm 27 claims that we don't need to be afraid. So we're going to look at this amazing psalm and try and understand why. How can we live without fear in this terrifying world? So let's read Psalm 27 together. I'm going to read the whole, the whole psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me 
and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. This psalm begins with such a stunning declaration of confidence. David said things like this, verse 1. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? My heart will not fear. I will be confident. David believed that he did not need to be afraid. Fear, terror, dread, panic, that did not need to dominate his thoughts and his emotions. He did not need to live in constant worry or anxiety. But why? Why could he say that he did not need to be afraid? Well, this wasn't because that he lived in a sheltered and secure life where he was completely insulated from all threats of danger. And neither was it because he was so naive that he thought that he was safe when he wasn't. David was all too aware of the life-threatening danger that he was in. He says here in verse 2 and 3, he believed that he didn't need to fear even when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, though an army besiege me, though war breaks out against me. And when David was writing this, it wasn't like hyperbole, you know, when somebody kind of exaggerates for effect. Like, I'm starving. When you're actually not, you're just a bit hungry because it's been a while since your breakfast. Especially on a Sunday morning. David wasn't exaggerating for poetic impact here. He wasn't making a mountain out of a molehill. Throughout his life, David actually was surrounded by evil men who used violence and deception to try and attack him and kill him. So this is David's reality. What that means is this psalm is not written for people living in a perfect world of peace and tranquility. This psalm of confidence is written for people who are living in our world, surrounded by very real dangers and very real threats. And that's really good news for us because Jesus didn't promise us an easy life. As he was reminding us that none of our Christian lives are easy. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's guaranteed. 
So this psalm of confidence is relevant for us today. No matter how hard our lives or no matter how dangerous our world. So why could David be so confident in the face of all of these dangers? Well, it wasn't because David was a strong guy who could just handle anything. It wasn't because he had self-confidence in his own ability. That's not what this psalm's about. David was not claiming to have enough strength to overcome his enemies. He wasn't talking here about his skill with a sword or a sling. He didn't boast here about his military experience or his past victories. He didn't strain, uh, stress the, the strength of the city walls or the number of, of soldiers in his army. In fact, as we'll see in a bit, this is a psalm where David expressed his weakness, his need of help. In the psalm, he prayed things like this, verse 9, Do not reject me or forsake me, O God my Saviour. David was somebody who realised he needed help. And he couldn't do it himself. And that's really good news for us, isn't it? Because if we're honest, none of us have the strength in of ourselves that we need. No matter how strong or capable or experienced we are, no matter how what self-defence courses we've been on, or alarm systems we've installed, or health checks we go for, or insurances we pay for, or seat belts that we wear, we cannot keep ourselves safe from every danger. We just can't do that. Jesus asked, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? can't even do that. And James said, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. But the good news is that our weaknesses, our limitations do not mean that we need to live in constant fear and terror. Because the secret of fearlessness is not our strength or our ability to control everything in the world. We do not need to fear even although we cannot keep ourselves or those that we love safe. So the question is this. If David was so aware of all of the dangers that surrounded him, and the weakness that was in him, why could he so confidently declare that he did not need to be afraid? Well, first of all, I think the answer is that David depended on the Lord's protection. In verse 1, David used three metaphors, three pictures to describe the Lord. First of all, he said, the Lord is my light. Fear is often associated with the dark, isn't it? 
I was tempted to say, who's afraid of the dark here? But I didn't want to embarrass you all when you put your hand up, okay? But there's a bit of fear in all of us. Because in the dark, we can't see what is up ahead. We can't see what is around the corner. And because in the dark, people do terrible things. In 1977... New York City was plunged into darkness after a lightning, a lightning strike caused a massive power cut. And as a result of that power cut, 1,600 shops were looted. And riots broke out that resulted in over 3,500 arrests and over 500 police officers being injured. Why? Just because the lights went out. And in the dark, people do terrible things. So fear, fear in the dark is normal, it's, it's natural, it's, it's expected in a sense. But Jesus is the one who dispels the darkness of fear, uncertainty, and evil. And he brings into our lives the light of his love and his life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Second picture. David said, the Lord is my salvation. We often face situations where we can't protect ourselves. Our enemies are all around us. Especially as we realise our spiritual enemy, the enemy, the, the devil, Satan. And he is too strong for us. But the Lord is the one who can deliver us. No matter what the dangers. Remember when David was faced with the giant Philistine soldier called Goliath? This is what he confidently declared to Saul. He said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. Because he was a shepherd, he was protecting his sheep. Will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The Lord who has delivered me will deliver me. And we can trust in the deliverance of the Lord in our lives. That's what the apostles declared about Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. We're here to celebrate, aren't we, this morning that Jesus is the only saviour that we will ever need. Because of his sacrificial death and his glorious resurrection, he can save us from the, the penalty of sin. And from the power of sin. And ultimately, as we've been singing this morning, he will save us from the presence of sin. When he takes us to be with him forever. Jesus is our salvation. And he can keep us safe. Thirdly, David said, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. David wasn't depending on the, the, the huge city walls of Jerusalem to keep him safe. Instead, he was taking refuge in the Lord and the protection that he alone can give. And Jesus promised his followers, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is the one who holds on to us, who keeps us safe. 
in his hands. So this is who David knew the Lord to be. He is the light, the salvation, the stronghold. But crucially, this was not just a statement of fact for David. This was not just a statement of theology about God. Rather, this was a statement of faith. Do you see what David said? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my stronghold. David wasn't just describing who the Lord is. He was describing who the Lord is to him. Because of his relationship with the Lord. So David was not afraid because he put his faith in. He put his trust in the Lord. He was depending on him and he was sure that the Lord could keep him safe. And if we have put our faith and trust in Jesus then we can rest in the the, the knowledge that Jesus is our light and our salvation and our stronghold. As Hebrews 13 verse 6 says, So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So that's our first reason why David didn't need to be afraid. Because he depended on the Lord's protection. But secondly, he didn't need to be afraid because he longed for the Lord's presence. Look at verse 4, please. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is David's deepest desire. This was his consuming passion. What he wanted above all else was just to dwell in the Lord's house. Now that wasn't because he was was just loving the splendor of a building. This wasn't because he was interested in the architecture of something. Because in fact, at this time the Lord's house was just a tent. It was his son Solomon who built this amazing temple. Neither was it because he loved the ritual and the ceremony of all of the sacrificial system system with all the, the priests and the robes and all of that kind of stuff. It wasn't that that David was enthralled by. So why did he want to dwell in the house of the Lord? Well, in part, it's because he just needed the Lord. He knew that he needed the Lord. Verse 5, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He longed for the Lord's presence because he knew that in the presence of God, he would be safe. It was his place of refuge. His place of sanctuary. But there's more than that. David longed for the Lord's presence because he loved the Lord. Look at verse 4, please, again. He wanted to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. He was so amazed by the glory, the majesty, the wonder, and the power of the Lord that above everything else, David just wanted to experience more of the Lord in his life. 
And so he longed for the Lord's presence. Because he knew that only the Lord would be able to fill his heart with joy. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And this is why David didn't need to be afraid. If David's greatest desire was for power or fame or wealth or popularity or for pleasure or for health or for good looks then David would never be free of fear because in the end all of those things fade away and all of those things can be taken from us but David didn't need to be afraid because what he longed for most of all was the Lord's presence And he could be sure that he would never leave him. He could be sure in this verse verse 10, this amazing verse, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. David longed for the presence of the Lord and he didn't need to be afraid because he knew that the Lord would never abandon him. This was also the reason for Paul's fearlessness in his life. He wrote this in in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. We're actually thinking about this in our men's conference yesterday. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul's greatest treasure was knowing Christ. Not just because he needed Christ but because he loved and valued Christ. So Paul wasn't afraid of losing everything else. And because of this, Paul could face arrest, imprisonment, and even the prospect of death with amazing courage. This is what he wrote from a prison cell. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. He knew that whatever happened to him, he never really could lose out. Because if he was released, then he would go on to serve Christ with everything he had and everything that he, he was. And if he was killed, then he would go to be with Christ, which is better by far. And if what we long for most of all is the Lord's presence, if what we treasure most of all is Christ, then we have nothing to fear. Because if we've trusted in Jesus, then we can know that nothing and no one can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus has promised Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So David didn't need to fear because he was depending on the Lord's protection and he was seeking the Lord's presence. But this didn't mean 
that David just sailed through life without an anxious thought. This didn't mean that David was always in verse 1 of this psalm. He was a human being like us. And so he had times when fear and worries and anxieties invaded his heart and his mind. In fact, just out of interest, when people study this psalm, some people say, oh, this must be two psalms that have been stuck together. Because the first half is so filled with confidence. And the second half has got these fears and anxieties in it. That can't be the same person. But I would say, yes, it can. I'm one of those people who can, at times, sing songs of amazing declaration of faith and yet still struggle with fear and anxiety and worry. Anybody else here like that? So even when David could declare his faith in those ways, David could still be overwhelmed with those fears and anxieties. But how he responded is key to those fears and anxieties. Because when he was overwhelmed with those, when when he was invaded by those fears and worries, he wasn't paralyzed by them. Because he brought them to the Lord in prayer. Look at verse 7, please. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. You can see David's humility here, can't you? He wasn't standing and demanding an answer from God because he think he'd, he'd earned it. Instead, he was just pleading for God's mercy because he needed help and he knew he didn't deserve it. And so he humbly prayed, uh, verse 11, for direction. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Often we just don't know what to do. Often, especially when we're invaded with those fears and anxieties, we just don't know what to do. But David could ask for direction. And then secondly, verse 12, he asked for the Lord's protection. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I think I want to be really clear about this. Our faith in the Lord does not mean that we will never experience fear and anxiety. Thieves have already made that really clear for us this morning. But our faith in the Lord does mean that when those anxious times do come, when those fears threaten to overwhelm us, when we don't know what to do, what to say, or where to go, when we feel under attack or in danger, it's then that we can turn to the Lord in prayer. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we're afraid, when we're tempted to panic, when we're overwhelmed with anxiety, what does God do? 
Does he stand over us and say, tut, tut, you should have more faith? No. He says, bring them to me. Just pour them all out. Tell me all about it. And I'll listen for as long as I need to to help you to work through it and to overcome it. And then I'll pour in your, my peace and it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And it seems like David experienced a measure of that peace when he prayed at the end. After his prayer, verse 13, comes another declaration of faith. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Despite all of the problems, all of the challenges around him, all of the anxieties that threaten to overtake him, David was sure that he could depend on the Lord to continue to bless his life. But you know, crucially, David didn't know when that was going to happen. He didn't presume to know when the Lord was going to bless him or how the Lord was going to work in his life. Because he he concluded this psalm with a call to wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. God doesn't always work when and how we want. We know that, don't we? We don't just, we're not, we're not often going to stand up here and say, oh, I just pray and I get everything I want whenever I want it. That would be ridiculous to say that. God's ways are higher and greater and beyond our understanding. But, even in the struggle of this, this, the struggle with God's timing not being ours, we can rest. And we can wait for the Lord in hope. Confident that in all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to his purpose. Can't always see this. Can't always understand this. But we can hold on to that in hope and wait for the Lord to do his work because he's promised. We live in a dangerous and a violent world. Threats and hazards are all around us. But fear and Terror do not need to dominate our thoughts and emotions. We do not need to live in constant worry or anxiety. Because we can depend on the Lord's protection. Seek the Lord's presence. Turn to the Lord in prayer. And wait for the Lord in hope. With David, we can say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear?